0: Welcome to The Coach's Mastermind, where Matt Travis, Andrea Wickens, and their guests will help you to unlock and implement the subconscious high ticket habits that will transform your mind, business, and lifestyle for good. If you're a mom entrepreneur and a female coach ready to release your mental or emotional blocks and gain more clarity and confidence, generate more fulfillment, peace, and flow, To create a healthier, happier, more financially abundant business and lifestyle, then this podcast is for you to begin to master your mind and align it with the most sustainable plan designed just for you. Welcome. We are so glad that you're here.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Coach's Mastermind. I have an amazing guest with us today. We have Marcy McDonald with us and I was saying before we got on, I was like, we, we get to get pretty geeky today because we're, we are two people that just love talking about the mind and neuroscience and just how to help people really transform from the inside out. So I'm so excited to have you here, Marcy.
0: Thanks for having me, Matt. I am ready to geek out um, (laughs) on mindset, which as I said to you just before we got started is not the fairy dust coach it's the mindset <laughs> coach, so we'll exactly. get into that thanks
1: exactly yes, and i you know I'm so excited to talk with you today because we can you know really get into uh what mindset is and what it isn't, and really understanding this at a deeper level because a lot of what people are calling mindset out there, you and I both know there's a lot of rah rah in this in this uh in this world, so it's better to have. A a deeper conversation of of all this, and we were talking about our story before. And I would love for you to just share your story of really how you got into this, and how you got into what you do, and really how you help people, and how you can you can help the 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 listeners.
0: Yeah, thanks, Matt. It's sort of a three part story. So the first part of the story, I was working in a corporate environment, super climbing the to the top of the ladder kind of gal. And, (laughs) um, and I worked with a lot of subject matter experts creating high end video series on how to make, how to be great at whatever it is they knew, you know, so be the best teacher in the field that you're in. And that was my business. So I worked with neuroscientists then, and that started to tickle my imagination I would not say that I had a great mindset at the time. In fact, one of my most frequent comments to myself, which I never heard, was, you stupid idiot, which I should have been able to hear, but I couldn't because people are not trained to hear what they're saying to themselves. So fast forward, I left the job for a whole host of reasons, and I ended up traveling around the country for 10 months pretty much living out of my car, hiking, doing whatever, but doing the work on myself that I really yeah. needed to do and had put off for decades. Even though I was a person who worked on myself, I really didn't know what that meant. And I'm sure you've encountered people like this who are trying to be better, trying to do better, trying to be happier. But because they haven't dug into what patterns are really going on in their brain, they can only make but so much change. It's like... a Milligram of change compared to the world of change that happens once you're really immersed in mindset. For sure. So I was doing um, some consulting in the mind with online courses, and I had a client who was a neuroscientist who wanted to convert his book into a course. And I I read his book, of course, <laughs> course course, but <laughs> it. Completely blew me away because he had such a clear description of what happens in your brain between the emotional mind and the rational mind. Yeah. So silly me, I always thought the rational mind was in charge. I was a very practical person. <laughs> you know, I have my share <laughs> of this, it was like <laughs> Get her done. You know. Yep. But hello, that's not right. The rational mind processes about sixty-four bits of information a second. Oh, you just blinked. And the time you just blinked, the emotional mind processed a quadrillion yeah. bits of information. A exactly. quadrillion. And it completely yeah. blew my mind, Matt. And so I set out to write a book to try to understand this. And I developed um, a three-dimensional block called Unblocks that mm. you could write on, build with, throw on the ground, wash off. And I developed 70 exercises to use this, which... Was like putting in three dimensional space what your thoughts were. And combined with writing, which activates, now we're getting geeky, the reticular activating system part of your brain learns things by writing, not by typing, but by writing. And it's like practicing them. That's why they say,
1: right? That's why they say pen to paper, right? And not pen to
0: paper. And the other way around. So I did all 70 of these exercises. And by the other end of it, I was just like, Oh, my God! No wonder I could never make any progress with being the happier, saner person I wanted to be, because mm-hmm. I didn't understand how my brain worked. So fast forward from there, and two other things happened, And you can just stop me if I'm talking. For no, too you're much.
1: doing great. I have uh, questions that are formulating my brain as we go, but keep going. Down, this a, is great.: down, my Yeah I'm locking. Down. In. I got pen and paper. So, Here we go. <laughs>
0: In the middle of doing this consulting work, um, I had a string of clients that were horrible. We all all entrepreneurs have a, you know these moments where you just think, "Oh my God, how much longer do I have to work with this person?" <laughs> because I was working with people who didn't care about teaching really well, and mm-hmm. so the reason I was trying to help work with them was, yes, of course, to make money, but also because I really believe in the power of excellent teaching. And these people, I just got a string of them who cared only about trying to make a quick buck. It was all the rage, you know, that make money while you're sleeping with passive income and your- Laptop lifestyle. Exactly, four hour work week. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, you know, he who will go nameless. Um, So I was getting really frustrated and burned out feeling, which I'd already been through with my corporate job, but I didn't know what to do. And in the midst of that, angst that I was noticing and aware of, my younger brother um, got put into the hospital and he was told on day one, look, you know what? You've got cancer. You've got two to three years to live. On day two, they said, you know what? We were wrong. You've actually got seven to eight months to live. Literally, this happened. On day three, they said, you know what? It's two to three months to live. On day four, they said, actually, it's two to three weeks to live. On day five, Matt, they said, you've got two to three days to live. I flew across country and I spent, I can hardly say this still, even though it's been many years, I spent my brother's last hours on earth with him. I heard his last breath. I was witness to his life as it passed from this threshold to the next. And it made me realize in that moment that we never ever can count on how much time we have in this Mm -hmm. life and life is too short to be doing things that aren't meaningful.
1: Absolutely.
0: So because of that, I trained to become an end of life doula, which I don't know if people know, but that's someone who helps people come to peace with the passing of their life. I help the families, I help the person, I help them decide what conditions they want around them, which most people don't even realize, look, I can declare, my environment and Mm -hmm. the music I want to hear and who visits me and how and everything, as well as having the family and friends know this is what it's going to be like. This is what last breaths sound like. This is how you can be present with that person. So I trained to do that. And I became one of uh, fewer than 40 internationally certified end of life doulas. Well, fast forward a little bit from that. And in the height of the pandemic, a woman contacted me and she said, my uncle has just been given a week to live. He has so many regrets about his life. Can you help him? So I want our viewers to just close your eyes for just a second and imagine Mm -hmm. that you're lying on your bed and it is literally your deathbed and you're so weak that you can't even... Hold a computer. You can't sit up to hold a computer. Someone has to hold a laptop in front of you while you try to bring your eyes up to look into the camera. And that was my client. And I asked him to explain why he had so many regrets, to tell me about his life, tell me his story. And I just listened in the deepest, most respectful way I could to hold space for him. And when he was done, Matt, I was able to piece together how he viewed his life with what had actually happened, the yeah. reality versus his interpretation
1: Yeah.
0: and walk him through an entirely different perspective about who he was and what he had done on this planet. So that when he died three days later, he died at peace with himself. He died knowing he was a loyal person, a good person, and he had done the best he could. That meant for me that I had to not just work with people on their deathbeds, but I had to back it up and bring this conversation to people at any point in their lives when they are ready to understand that today may be all you have. So you have to live it as fully as possible. And that means clearing the junk out of your head in a way that lasts so that you can be fully present day to day to focus on what really matters. I say I change people's lives by showing you what to pay attention to, what to ignore and how to do both better. That is my story of how I I came to be talking to you today.
1: I love it uh, it's, uh, it's an emotional roller coaster for sure. And I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing all of that with, with me and the, and the listeners, because there, there's a lot of that, but it makes so much sense why you do what you do now, you know, and it makes so much sense why you you're stepping into this because, um, you know, I, I talked to my wife about this stuff, the, and she's like, she feels like the stuff you were just talking about, it's morbid. Right. And Yet I feel like it's empowering. I feel like it's empowering to really know that every day is not certain. Mm-hmm. We have moments in t- we have we have fleeting moments here, folks. Like we nothing is guaranteed. And that makes my that makes me approach life very differently.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I I actually believe there's nothing more life-changing than being able to see that this is a gift that is tender and precious and may only be here while I'm talking to you. I don't know what, but while I'm talking to you, if I'm fully present instead of up in my head, which is exactly what I used to be when I was at my corporate job, I could be talking to someone brilliant and I would be you know, like five steps ahead in, yeah. in my mind, thinking, okay, I've got this meeting. I've got that. I've got to tell the team this. And by the way, he needs to do this. And I wouldn't be there with him. I wouldn't be experiencing it. That yeah. sucks, really. So that's why I don't. You're think missing, out on, your You're You're missing out, out on your life. You're missing out on your life. Right? Yeah. And that's why I actually incorporate this end of life perspective. I call it numbering your days into all my coaching. So I combine that end of life that's perspective great. with the neuroscience but first things first you have to understand why there's an urgency around really making the changes and you need that clarity about what really matters to you because most people don't know
1: yeah yeah what do you feel like that's the case because they don't really they don't really think about it in the way that they are thinking because i think people when they think like well i got you know, I'm 40. I got 40 to 60 more years, right? Like they're thinking far off into the future. They're not thinking that this is this could be their last day.
0: No, they're, they're not thinking about it. And you know, to your wife's point, that does feel morbid that to, you could look at it from that perspective. That's a mindset thing. Yeah. Where you say, "Oh, this could be my last day," or you yeah. could say, "This could be my last day." What's important to me? What do I value here? And how do I flip my mind around so that I'm paying attention to that instead of to all the crap that floats through. I, I call it the whirlwind. Yeah. So you have your, what is the most important thing for you to focus on? But you have to internally neurologically be able to actually focus on it because the whirlwind wants to drag us out of that focus all the time, all day long.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I mean, the plumber was just there. I have, I have been in that space where, uh, you know, you've got to do something, but the faucet breaks or whatever. And yep. it's like a whole bunch of swear words and you know everything's ruined and stuff, but no, it's just a fact. And that's, I think one of the most beautiful yeah. things about working with your mindset is you stop assigning all this importance to things that are actually just feelings and stories. And you just say, this is a fact. This is not a fact. This is how I'm reacting or I'm choosing to respond. Right? Yeah,
1: can we pause it right there because yeah. the, that's an important point, and I think what makes it hard for people is, and I kind of coin it like your facts versus the facts, and <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh,
0: <laughs> gonna, I, I'm gonna have to steal that.
1: Yeah, no, it's good because it helps people understand that uh, you know, because we're walking around human beings since the moment we started on the planet, right. We have experiences and then we're perceiving and interpreting, right. We're just walking around and doing this. And therefore kind of like you said, with that gentleman you were talking with on his, on his last days, you get to reframe what his life was really all about. And when we are in our own head for a really long time, we see things through our lens. Uh In which we see the world right and we see it through all the experiences and perceptions and interpretations and our beliefs and our values and our identity and all that stuff that is creating this whole our facts of what our life really is right
0: right do you do have you read byron katie She wrote a book called Loving What Is. She's written a bunch of books.
1: No, I haven't. Sounds great. Okay,
0: Check her out. I love it. It was very influential to me in bringing into my coaching a a component that I was missing before, which is understanding how how do you get people from that position where they believe their facts to be true and they believe their perception of that to be the most important thing when really they don't see that. Their perception is what's making them unhappy. It's not what the other person did or what happened or whatever. And she asks, she has four questions, but one of them is, "How does that make you feel to believe that?" Mm. I and I love that. It's just so simple. (laughs) It's so simple. How does I'd say that again? I like that
1: that one. Say that. How does it make
0: How does it make you feel to believe that? Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel crappy, then you've got a problem that you can solve. Yep. But it's still a problem totally. It's just that you haven't identified the right problem because you think it's about that thing out there. But really it's about how you're perceiving it.
1: So do you feel like you have a, I I have a couple of strategies that I do with my clients, but I'd love for you to, to share, like, what do you do to help people separate the facts versus their facts? so that they can actually see it because when you're in it right working with a coach helps right because you you exactly. can actually do the 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 deeper work but if someone were to do this on their own and was to start to dig into this because you and I both felt like we did all of the courses we did all of Tony Robbins course we did all the quote-unquote mindset stuff and we felt like we weren't where we wanted to be so I feel like the deeper inner work that needs to be done is what we're talking about right now, really understanding at a deeper level uh, our beliefs, our values, all of these things that are causing us to feel however we feel about the moment. So do you have specific like one thing that people can grab onto right now that they could that they could go and play with after this?
0: You know this is kind of like if you had a really deep hole in the ground. You need steps to get down there. You can't just jump or you'll break your leg or, you know, hurt yourself. Yeah. We
1: don't want to fall in a hole.
0: No. And so (laughs) I actually have, I lead people very incrementally to this place. But one of the tools I do use when they get close enough is very close to what you said. I say, imagine that you have two tables. One table is the facts table. The other is the stories and emotions table. Mm. And so the very first thing you need to do is to notice how you're feeling physically, because your physical body is telling you something. Yes. It's indicating that there's a stressor and that something you've heard or perceived has thrown you off your balance, right? So then there are other steps from there, but you have to at least be cognizant of the fact that you have stepped into a feeling that you're choosing, And that's a signal to you that you need to take a step back. So I think of it as balancing the emotional mind and the rational mind. And you can only do that if you're aware, right? So first I call it the red flag test. Is your body giving you a signal that something's askew? The second thing I say is the minute you've done that, then do rational breathing, which for me, so
1: I want to stop like it there because, because that was really good. And, and I want people to hear that. So like an ache and pain that you think is normal, may not be normal folks. Like, uh, right. you know, like if you have chronic headaches, that's not normal. Like if you have, um, like for me personally, I was having chronic sinus infections and I didn't link them to my stress and I didn't link them to that. And of course, I was taking antibiotics and I screwed my gut health up, right? So it's paying attention to the signs that your body is sending you. One of my favorite books is uh, Your Body Keeps Score. Or I, f- I forget the name of the book, but it's it's an awesome book. And it's ta- it all talks about um, how the body keeps score. And it's all about how stress and trauma builds up at a cellular level. So it's really fascinating stuff. So it's paying attention to that. I love that. Step two.
0: And well, I'm going to back up to this because it's so important, Matt. Um, And your background in health and fitness is great because it helps us distinguish this thing. Because if I'm working out and I lift something too heavy or I twist a little bit in the wrong way and I feel it and for the next couple of days, I have to work it out. That's different. Yes. That's a physical stress that's caused by a physical stress. Yep. But if I notice that my neck hurts or my stomach or the sinus infections, the things that are chronic, those are the things that are your body telling yourself that you're out of alignment with what's going to make you feel good. Basically yeah. what's going to make you feel good emotionally. And just like with, Self talk, which is part of the steps, people don't notice. They just get so used to it that they don't pay attention. That's why I call it the, the red flag test. Mm. The first thing you have to do about mindset is to notice what's going on. And the easiest way to do that is to first notice your body. Yes. And then what's, that. what that is saying is your emotional mind is in charge. And when I talked earlier about the fact that the emotional mind works so much faster than the rational mind, it works that fast, of course, because it's primal, it's the reptilian brain, but also because it draws from the past. It's got this huge bank of comparisons, you might say, to say, whoa, what is this like? And it draws to the most negative past because that's the most intensely charged in your brain. That's where all the red flags are already going off. Yeah. And so that's why you go there when something happens, you're connecting it to something that's 99% of the time has nothing to do with what's really going on, but your emotional brain says that it does. And then you're going to tense up because now you're not just tense about what just happened. You're also tense because you're judging it based on whatever has gone on in the past. Yeah. For some people that might be decades of reacting a certain way. And so it's very, very difficult for people to even notice. Totally. Because they're so darn used to it.
1: Yeah. And they're creating it's just because that's their normal, they're creating that predictable future that's just
0: repeating exactly. itself
1: over and over again, right? Like I I this is so this is so great because I mean, this is literally what I do with the uh, rapid transformation therapy is it's really separating uh the experience from the feelings about the experience and, and, Uh and, and really reframing and repatterning that because it is something where we have these experiences, especially when we're younger, right? Let's say you get made fun of in class for saying a word wrong. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you're, you're a business owner, you're a coach, and you're trying to uh, do a Facebook Live, or you're trying to put yourself out there in a video form, and you are just mortified and extremely afraid, and you don't know why. You're like, how come I can't press go when I'm trying <laughs> to show up here, right? And it's like, they have no clue what's hiding in the reptilian mind there, right? They don't have any clue that that um, this invisible stuff that's blocking them. So. I love how you're saying, you know, it's that feeling of it, like really paying attention to what's going on in your body when you're about to go, you know, like when you're about to go live, do you all of a sudden feel like you're dizzy and about to pass out, right? Like, you know, like what's going on in your body and then moving on to these next phases and walking it down so they can really break it down.
0: Yeah. So you can see why these are steps down into this deep place where you do the work. But you need these steps first, because for some people, they get stuck on just that first step for quite a long time. Yeah, because they're just not accustomed to believing that their body has anything to do with their mind.
1: Oh, It's it's, folks, if you're listening, has your body and your mind are so hyper connected. Like when I was dealing with my gut health issues, the worst part, I mean, bloating, acid reflux. Bowel stuff is horrible. I I don't wish that on anybody. And I will say for me personally, the mental health effects of gut health issues. uh, And because there's a massive connection between the gut and the brain. um, And nobody talks about that. And it's something that it was so, so, so uh, detrimental to my overall well being, because what I was eating was causing this mental construct for me that i uh i just felt i felt bad all the time and this is all part of it folks so you have to go down this this i don't want to say rabbit hole down the steps right down the steps that sounds
0: nicer than rabbit hole. yeah
1: rabbit hole sounds scary i say it all the time but i'm like if you fell in a rabbit hole that sounds horrible (laughs) it makes you think of alice in wonderland she's just falling that's kind of where that all came from yeah yeah, I, I think of it.
0: I right. <laughs> I think of it more as going deep into your well, you know, the yep. well where your subconscious and your conscious can meet up and find out what's really going on, and you can refresh yourself because at the base of that well is a pool of life source, life energy. Yeah, absolutely. So you're just taking the steps down to that.
1: Yeah, so they're they're able to reconnect and. Yes really figure this out at a deeper level and and we we live in a society where it's like but the pill seems so much easier (laughs) just popping the medicine right and then and numbing yourselves in all these different ways and Uh it is so important folks like i think a huge takeaway from our conversation today is the pain's not going away unless you look at unless you're 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 gonna do the work to, to actually work through it because it's just going to keep coming back until you address it.
0: Yeah. I, I use this um, analogy in my six week program that it's as if you decide to put a bunch of leeches on your body and you, but you forget that they're there. And so, but you feel uncomfortable. So you put more leeches on your body. (laughs) <laughs> and it's still sucking more blood from you, but you feel like crap now. So you grab a, another handful and you put it all over when actually all you have to do is take them off.
1: Yes. I love that one. I'm gonna take that one because I, I use a different <laughs> analogy. And it's funny because like I work, you know, I've worked for many years with people on their gut health and helping them figure it all out. And I explain it like It's kind of like you're sitting on a chair with a bunch of tacks on it. And what most people do when they're trying to solve this problem is they stand up and they take one tack out. They're like, I'm not going to eat gluten (laughs) for a week. And then after a week, they're like, "Eh, I don't really feel that much better. It's because you have a bunch of other tacks still in your butt. And what they okay. do is like I don't feel that much better. So then they take the tack and they just shove it right back in their butt, <laughs> and then good. they sit back down on the chair. It's because they haven't removed all of the tacks. They haven't. Right. They haven't done all of the uh, to really see which things are causing the the, the bigger problems for their overall well being. And I love the oh man the leech idea is uh, I can feel it and I can see it and it's oh yeah stop putting leeches on your cell phones
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's your choice i mean whether it's tax or leeches the point is it's your choice yeah what you're doing with with your body and with your mind and
1: that triggers people The what you just said is a triggering statement to people because they're like no it's not my choice i mm-hmm. didn't choose this right and what i want you folks to hear right now is where where. We're giving you a, ch- like the nice part about knowing it's your choice. If it's your choice, you can solve it then. If it's not yours, then you have no power. So Absolutely. we're giving you your power back, folks.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what flipped me out when I first worked with this neuroscientist was understanding well, if there's an emotional mind and a rational mind and you can balance it. It's your choice. You have the power. Whereas before it didn't matter what I did, it was always out of my power. Yeah. Here's a super, super simple explanation of how this can work. So this morning, every morning around dawn, I walk my giant dog. Um, because oh, wait, too hold hot on. How yeah. big
1: is this dog? Because I'm 100... a huge fan, huge fan yeah. of giant dogs.
0: He's an Anatolian Pyrenees. So he's 120 pounds. He's a therapy dog. He goes with me <laughs> to visit awesome. the dying. And so we're out walking and I mean, 530 is early for me to get up, no matter what I say the night before, you know, it always feels (laughs) early. So I'm walking out and um, all of a sudden I realized that my shirt feels funny. And I look down and I think, oh, my God, I put my shirt on backwards. (laughs) So... I'm I'm looking at it and kind of yanking it around. And then I look up as I'm moving it around. And I see that there's a rainbow across the sky. I live in Arizona. So it's a big, big sky. And I could choose right then, Matt, to say, you idiot, you moron, you know, anybody out here is going to see that you're wearing your shirt backward. I could have, I could have unleashed all kinds of stupid stories and feelings about it. Or I could have said, "Eh, I'll fix it later. Look at that rainbow. And Continue my walk, walk backwards up the hill so I could watch it to the last second. Because totally. that's that's the world I choose to live in where I am present with what I want to experience and what's important to me. But the shirt, you know, no, it was not important. But there was a time in my life where I would have been so wrapped up in my head about the fact that I've been so tired and I w- probably would have found someone to blame for that or... Yep. I would have projected forward to say, Oh, I'm going to have a crappy day because I was so tired and I can't even dress right. And I can't do this right. And unleash this like tornado to steal my day away from me, but I own my day.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the first thing that I came said. to mind is like, Hey, at least you were wearing a shirt, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. you know, like the, yes. the the state frowns on it when you walk yes. outside without a shirt. So, I mean, <clears throat> that alone puts you in the winning category.
0: Lucky for everyone, in fact. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's that's a very simple thing, you know. And you might say, oh, "Short sure, rainbow, whatever." But the point is that all through your day, you have choices like that. Absolutely. Where you could be thrown off your center, where you feel like grateful that you have that moment, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that you always feel fantastic. But it means that you see how you're feeling, you notice it, you notice your body, and then you decide what to do about it. So it gets back yeah. to that choice. Do I want to dwell in this and feel like crap? Do I want to feel it, acknowledge it, and maybe feel sad for a little while about something because that's my right? And then let it go. Every bit of it is your choice. And I know it, it does trigger people, like you said.
1: Yeah. I think that we can wrap it up with the I, I, the main takeaway that I got from this, and I'd love to hear yours, is, is really that you have a choice of what you make your life mean, folks. You have a choice of the way that you are experiencing, perceiving this, um, and you can let go of the past stuff that's been blocking you and, and, and choose to make the rest of your life, the best of your life and really focus on, I always say this and I've said it a bunch of times in the podcast. It's like, you are where your attention is. You are where your focus is. So where do you want your focus to be? Do you want it to be on the rainbow or do you want it to be on the fact that your shirt's backwards, right? And so it's really knowing that you have the choice to make what you, your, you can make your life mean what it want you want it to mean.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I mean, you said it so perfectly, but I will add something anyway, because that's my personality. So yeah. anybody listening to this, you would assume is interested in mindset and is open to it. But just in case this falls into unwilling hands, you know, the unwilling minds, Yeah. because someone foist it off and says, honey, come on, you have to watch this. It's all about you. <laughs>
1: it's yes. all about
0: me. But Life and everything we're saying is like either a keyhole that's a really tiny keyhole that you're trying to squeeze everything through and conform to and just say, Mm. "Ah, gosh, this keyhole is so freaking small and miserable, but how am I going to get through it? Or you could say, oh my God, there's a whole door here. Let me open it up and see what's here. What do you want to do, my friends?
1: Mm -hmm. The choice is
0: yours. Big door, tiny,
1: awful keyhole. Yeah, that makes me feel, uh, I'm imagining myself trying to squeeze through this keyhole now.
0: (laughs) It feels
1: awful. Um, Open the door. Yeah, open open the the door, door, folks. So thank you, thank you, thank you for coming out, Marcy. This was fantastic. I know anybody that listens to this is going to get a lot of nuggets and a lot of ahas, and that's the whole goal of this. Um, So where can people uh, connect with you and find you um, if they want to go down these steps and uh, open the door instead of the keyhole, where can they, where can they locate yeah. you?
0: Thanks for asking. So my website is selfmasterytransformation.com. Selfmasterytransformation.com because I believe the power to transform your life is within every one of us. Yep. And on the homepage at the bottom of the page, there's a, a free giveaway that's called seven, seven steps to silence your inner critic love it so if you've got a voice in your head that's not because you're schizophrenic but because you just have somebody within yourself who has gotten used to saying you're less than who you are you don't need to live with that anymore and get started with this this free e-guide sign up for it yeah awesome and folks we'll
1: put that in the show notes as well so that you can Check that out. And you know, silencing your inner critic is so so huge. And we talk about that all the time. And it's just a really, really key piece to this puzzle. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh super grateful to have you here and really sharing your knowledge and your expertise and your story. And folks, connect with Marcy check her out and, and uh continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. So thank you for showing up, taking action and uh keep getting more results, folks. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And uh, if you found this helpful, definitely share it with others. Give us a rating and we'll see you in the next episode.